This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit me up on Twitter if you're out and about. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. We're here until basketball, playoff basketball, game four. Boston and Philadelphia right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom and Joe along the way. And, well, let's talk about the Knicks. Bing bong. They they may have had bing, but they didn't have any bong yesterday. You know, we could have these conversations about, you know, Tom Thibodeau didn't do a good job coaching. He didn't do anything to take the ball out of Jimmy Butler's hands. Uh, They didn't do anything to this. They didn't make any adjustments. There's two things that the Knicks must do for them to be successful. Okay? It's very simple. They have to play physical basketball, smart physical basketball, because they played physical basketball yesterday. They sent Miami to the free throw line 31 times. So that's not smart physical basketball. That's dumb physical basketball. And then the other thing that would help How about hitting some shots? Eight of 40 from three. Hold on. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Eight of 40 from three. My city college math tells me that's about 20% shooting. 20. 20% shooting. They were 31 of 91. That's 34.1% percent shooting you're not winning anything shooting like that here's here's what your starters did yesterday Julius Randle 4 of 15 10 points had 14 rebounds though Jalen Brunson 7 of 20 for 20 so it took him 20 shots to get 20 points Josh Hart 5 of 12 for 15 RJ Barrett 5 of 16 for 14. So it took him 16 shots to get 14 points. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not winning anything shooting like that. You're not winning anything. It's as simple as that. And you add to it the adjustments that Eric Spolstra made, who, by the way, is climbing up that playoff list for winning coaches, right? He's tied with Pat Riley, his disciple, his influence. So, yeah, we can sit and talk, and you're in Welcome to call me at 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, the Knicks, yes, Tom Thibodeau did not play Jimmy Butler well. No question about it. There were some things he probably could have done. But ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, the Knicks have not played well, and the bench has been invisible for the playoffs, and especially in the series with Miami. And to see that Emmanuel quickly went out of the game yesterday with an ankle injury, which means that your bench is further compromised. This is going to be a tough situation for the Knicks tomorrow night in the game you hear right here on 98.7 ESPN. Following the Michael K. Show, our coverage begins. It's going to be tough. Okay? Because here's what happened. Bam Adebayo showed up yesterday, and he was a major factor. 17 points and 12 rebounds. Knicks had no answer for him either. So, We talk about the Knicks and Julius Randle, especially playing bully ball, right? And we talk about how physical they are in the paint. And so here's what Eric Spolstra did. A couple of things. First, 
he took Jimmy Butler off of Jalen Brunson. And he's been kind of on Brunson. Mostly Martin's been on Brunson too, where you have the taller player trying to block uh, the eye, the, the vision of Jalen Brunson and make it tougher for him to shoot over. But on occasion, he's put Jimmy Butler on him too. So what they did was they have forced, they funneled Jalen Brunson. So when he turns that corner in the paint, there's two or three people there. And Brunson's doing what he's supposed to do. He's passing the ball out. And other people are not hitting their shots. And what, what Miami is saying is, okay, shoot the three. Go ahead. Let's see you make them. If you make them, okay, we'll give it to you. But we don't think you can make them. Because as we all know, the Knicks have three-point takers, but not a lot of three-point makers at a high percentage. So ultimately, that has been the problem. That's the adjustment that Miami made because they were killed in the paint. They moved the Knicks outside. They clogged up the paint. And here's the thing. You heard the post-game press conferences. You heard the Knicks talk. They saw it. They, everybody had the conversation. Here's what Miami did. Miami clogged up the lane. They forced us to be a jump-shooting team, and we just didn't hit our shots. So it's not like they didn't know. It's not like they did not make the adjustment. They couldn't hit the shots. So ultimately, I've said it over and over and over again. And the Heat's going to throw some zone out there also, which is really what, which is really kind of what they're doing. When they don't clog up the middle, they play zone because they know the Knicks don't have a bunch of three-point makers. So ultimately, here's what the Knicks have to do. They've got to push the basketball, ladies and gentlemen. They have to push the basketball to get it down there before Miami sets up their defense. When they push the basketball on the break, they're a better team. Because really, other than the, other than the poor shooting, right? They really did not play that badly. They didn't turn the basketball over a lot. They weren't killed off the boards a lot. I mean, the boards were relatively even. Miami had three more rebounds than the Knicks and one more and one less offensive rebound. Okay. The turnovers were about even. They were even. Both Knicks had both teams had 13 turnovers. Okay? Uh the Knicks had three blocks and Miami had five. So it was really a close ball game. These teams are really very similar. They're very close. They're, they're almost almost mirror images of each other. And to be fair, Jimmy Butler really didn't kill you yesterday. He's nine of 21, nine of 21. Now you put him on the free throw line 11 times. So even he didn't kill you yesterday. You could have won that game if you had made shots. So I know folks are panicking. Oh my God, we're going to get wiped out. Oh, it's terrible. You have concerns. The series is not over. Because I expect that the Knicks, who can't shoot any worse, <laughs> will shoot better tomorrow night. And yes, I know and have faith that Tom Thibodeau, between last night's game, today's practice slash walkthrough video session, and their walkthrough tomorrow, will make adjustments so that the Knicks can do some other things to counter what Eric Spolster has done. Every single game is its own series, right? It is. So what you got away with in game three, you will not get away with in game four. It's a constant adjustment. It's a constant adjustment. All right? So 
that's my thought process on game three. Uh, but once again, this Nick bench has got to show me something. Okay. It's got to come alive. Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel quickly yesterday had 12 points, but he took 12 shots. So no matter where you go, it was, it's, it's no scoring. I mean, Hardenstein, who's been, who's been very good. Three rebounds and no points in 26 minutes. Uh, he was out, he was out physical yesterday. That's unusual. Quentin Grimes still trying to find the stroke three of seven for eight points is it, if you don't score, you can't win. It's very obvious. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're starting out talking Knicks. Talking Knicks will be joined by Jamie Harris of the Amsterdam News. We'll get his thoughts on game three and what to expect in game four. And I'm going to have to say this. And I know it's out there, so we might as well just adjust it. Address it. We'll talk to you. We'll get to the phones in a second. Jimmy Butler has been phenomenal. And there is such a thing as playoff Jimmy. Because he just ups his game to the next level. And usually that's what the best players on your team does, right? They play their best. They up their game to the next level. And even if they have an off game, which is possible because, yes, this just in, even though they're athletes, they are human beings. You would like to see them, you'd like to see the effort of, a, of, a, of your guy trying to take the team and put them on their back. Yesterday, with the adjustments that were given to Jalen Brunson, your next two best players in the way this team is built, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, needed to step forth and have a better game than they did. Now, I realize I realized the whole team shot badly. The whole team was brutal. I gave you the stats earlier. I don't have to repeat them. But when you're number one, and we'll, in this option, I'm using Brunson as the number one player because the adjustment was made to take the ball out of his hands. That means your next two best players have to step it up. And they did not. That's number one. And number two, I mentioned it earlier. This Nick team's identity is about being physical, smart, and crashing the boards. And in game three and a little bit in game one, they have let Miami be a bit more physical than they are. They can't do it. They have to be physical, but they have to be smart with their physicality. Okay, You can't send them 30-plus times to the free throw line. Can't. You have to be smart. They reached, they got beat, they just grabbed. That's not the physicality I'm talking about. You've seen it. And this just into the Knicks, this is not the Cleveland Cavaliers team. <laughs> they're not going to just, okay, well, they're more physical. We'll back down. This is not the Cleveland Cavaliers team. Miami's going to match your physicality. You've got to play physical. Their identity, like your identity, is being physical. Jimmy Butler is physical just like Julius Randle is physical. So you have to up that physicality. You can't let them push you around the court. You can't. can't. But you have to be smart. You have to be smarter. And obviously, you got to hit some shots. And push the basketball. 
I mean, this half-court offense looks like it's, it's grinding up in sand. It's, it's, it's brutal to watch. As Alan Hahn said on Twitter and on the air, Miami's throwing smoke and the Knicks aren't matching it. And they have to do that. And it doesn't mean getting to a skirmish like he did with, you know, in yesterday's game. All that. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. That's part of it, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being a presence on the boards. I'm talking about let's go in there and move the ball. Let's talk, I'm talking about moving the basketball, run your offense, and do some other things. I know this is an ISO team. Believe me, I've watched them all year. But when when they're taking that away, you've got to move the basketball, and people have to move. 1-800-919-3776. Spikes and say, Pete, what's up, Spike? Okay, have you recovered? Because I have five points, as they say on the K-Show, salient points. Uh, the Knicks crapped the bed, and from that point on, they got worse, which is some indictment. The thing that stuck out to me the most was R.J. Barrett had the worst defensive performance. I don't know what his minus was, but it had to be 25 to 30. It was so bad. He just can't guard anybody except a guy like Kevin Love. What they did, you know the expression, I just asked Susan, to cut the head of the snake off? What Miami did was cut the head of Brunson and Randall off. That, because that Brunson and Randall, my guess, and maybe you could substantiate it, the eighty percent of the offense, if not more, runs through them. Would that be correct? Yes. Okay. So you have to get someone else involved. You do. I don't know who it is, and 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 quickly uh, said to Gordon when I called after the game is my want. I said, you know, quickly hearing whispers, you got to put shots up. He came out and he took no prisoners. He, he just, you know, chucked and ducked. And uh, all those other bricks the Knicks threw up there, one of them must have landed on his ankle going for a cheap laugh. It was disgusting. It was hard to watch. And to see whether the, what's this, Pat Riley, that smug face with his slick back gray hair, and, uh, you know, he'll never be embraced again by this town. But be it as it may, it's one game. It's really one game. You can't shoot, you know, you can't shoot 20% again. Well, if you look back in game two or three, the Knicks shot 19.8% from three. You can't shoot eight out of 40. But here's the key. Uh, one of the boys, the producers, uh, my names I forget sometimes, but one of them said this was as bad of an indictment since the one game Charlotte homestand where they just checked out and they were ready to go out west. You remember that? Yep, yep. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this, and I'll listen in. Uh, it's, it was hard to watch. The adjustments will be obvious. they got to spread the floor and, and eliminate the frustration, and they at all times had two or three people on Brunson. All yep. times. So, and, and Jimmy Butler, look, listen, it, when you play at home, you're going to get those close foul calls. So I said, if you put him on, I don't know, he put 12, 13, 14, it doesn't matter to me. He didn't have his A-plus game, but he had his A-game, and to let those guys, because their their stats, you know, Larry, if if uh, if the Knicks played game two at Indiana, they played that game two. Those stats win this game. I don't think Miami shot more than thirty something percent, and their three point shots didn't go in much more than the Knicks twenty percent. So the boards were even, as you alluded to. The turnovers were even. Now normally we have an edge on both, mm-hmm. but Hartenstein, everybody looked lost last comment. I heard someone say something 
well, the Knicks had to adjust to the humidity. Come on, please. <laughs> what is this? Tex- remember Tex Antoine? Yeah, I do. I do. Remember Frank Fields? <laughs> yeah. Why don't they, well, Tex is gone, but why don't they hire uh, the Lloyd Lindsay Young? What do you mean adjust to the humidity? I don't, their muscles, the only adjustment was in the, in the first game when Jimmy wasn't there. Uh, that uh, the the role players, the undrafted guys, they they ran out of gas taking forty nine shots. You know, you played your legs go at the end yep. of the game. Yep. It was a hard, the worst game since the Charlotte game, and let's bad. just hope for the best. Get in their grill and take a hard foul. Yep, and not just and, and not these 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 lazy fouls. Thanks for the phone call, Spike. That they took yesterday. And, Spike, you're right. They didn't do much better at three than you did. I, they didn't. By the way, RJ was a minus 32 in 25 minutes. A minus 32. That's tough to do. That's tough to do. It really is. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? Hey, listen, Larry. Hold on. Listen, Larry. Let's let's just call it what it is. We've been outcoached. Uh, you've got... In-game adjustments being done by Spolstra. If you notice that every time the ball is taken, uh, Miami calls a timeout, and the ball is taken out, they score. That's coaching. All of his in-game adjustments are, are what's killing the Knicks. Thibodeau is preparing the team well. But once uh, uh, Spolstra and the Miami Heat see what they're doing, they're adjusting, and that's, what, and that's what's killing the Knicks. It's the in-game adjustments. Uh, I got to go. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call, Mike. The next shot, 8 of 40 from 3. 8 of 40. That's why they lost this game. Yes, could there be some in-game adjustments that, that uh, Tibbs could do? Yes, I'm sure there are. But for me, they were 8 of 40 from 3. They fouled too much. They put the heat on the line 31 times. And they weren't physical. And that's not what this team does. When this team is playing at their best, they may hit threes, but they're threes off a break. They're they're not contested threes. Okay, they're like wide open threes. It's a different, it was a whole different feel to this game yesterday. The bottom line is the Knicks were out physical in this game. So yeah, you could talk to me about coaching. Yeah, you could talk to me about bunch of different things but for me personally when you shoot low 30s okay and I mean listen Miami was just under 40 percent but you shoot 34 percent and they shoot 90 percent from the free throw line and you shoot 72 you only missed six free throws but still you put them on the line nine more times you got to play better and you have to defend better and you can't let Adebayo dominate the boards the way he did yesterday. He didn't do it in the first two games and you were in those games. First game you were in, second game you won. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Fucking next. Heard some interesting thoughts so far. 
I really have. It's been it's been a fascinating twenty four hours listening to ninety eight seven. <laughs> I even heard some folks calling for Derek Rose. Come off the bench. Gotta have Derek Rose. Gotta get Derek Rose in there. And you know and get to the calls in a second. You know what? Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't that would not be a bad idea. Would not be. But Derek Rose is in Derek Rose is has been a non-factor for months on this team. And believe me, as much as Tom Thibodeau loves Derrick Rose, if he could play, he would play. Okay? He would play if he could. He's just not he's just not there. The injuries over his career have caught up with him. He's just not he's just not there. For him to turn down the possibility of joining another team that wanted him and would give him playing time. And he said he just wanted to stay here with the Knicks. He loves what they're doing here and so on and so forth, which I understand the loyalty and everything. But from a competitive standpoint, he's not ready to play. Just telling you. Just my thought process. Back to the phones we go. James is in Hackensack. What's up, James? Hey, man, good afternoon. I think uh, Thibodeau needs to make an adjustment with the starting lineup. If If it's me... You're taking out Mitchell Robinson, you're inserting Obi Toppin, and you got to ride those guys as much as you can, as many minutes as possible with those guys. Not saying Obi Toppin is the answer, but he does give you an offensive threat. He could shoot the three. He can take the ball to the basket. Mitchell Robinson is going to give you nothing. He's going to give you an offensive rebound and a put-back dunk. He's really not an offensive threat. He showed last game he didn't really do much. You need to switch it up. You have to get, the, you have to get it back to MSG tied 2-2. If it's 3-1, it's over. That's just my thoughts. All right, James. Thanks for the thanks for your phone call. Um, I'm not ready to make that move yet, and, and I hear what you're saying from a scoring standpoint. But Obi Toppin with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, he's he's not going to be he's not going to see the ball that much. So you're really kind of wasting him. You in, in that in that scenario. You really need either Robinson or Hartenstein in there because um, you need the boards. You need somebody to control the boards. You need somebody to protect the rim for you. And Toppin's not going to do that. So I understand what you're saying from a scoring standpoint, but, I mean, he's not going to score. He's not going to get the ball. He's not going to get the ball. Now, what he needs to do, Toppin is – to be that aggressive offensive guy and give me some rebounds when he does come in the game for Randall. That's what I need him to do. I need his energy to pick this team up. I need his energy to give me some transition points. That's what I need from him. Okay. But under that scenario, and I mean, think of it, the lineup's already been changed because I mean, Josh Hart is starting. Okay. So you've already changed the lineup. And and speaking of Robinson, he's got to do, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, four fouls, Yesterday he was in foul trouble a couple of games earlier in this series. He's got to stay off he's got to stay out of foul trouble. You need him on the floor. You do. You need him on the floor. Josh is in Brooklyn. What's up, Josh? Hey Larry. Uh thanks for having me. So I one hundred percent agree with you about not putting Mitchell Robinson out of the starting lineup. I actually think from an adjustment standpoint, I'd love to see Quentin Grimes come back into the starting lineup and have Josh Hart manage the second team. When he was managing the second team, we were getting 30, 40 points off the second team. Now we're getting basically nothing from them. I feel like the Knicks 
last game, obviously, we shot really, really poorly from three. But it's not even good threes. These are like walk-up threes with like five guys guarding you. On the other side, Miami's getting wide-open threes. They miss them, but they're wide-open threes. They're good shots. So I feel like if we can be able to make that adjustment, we might be able to do something. And I wish that we can be able to carve out maybe five, ten minutes for McBride to come in, take it out from one of the guys that are not playing good defense, and have McBride come in and play great defense on these guys. As one of the other callers said, RJ was a negative 30, 5 for 16 from the field. Like, that's not good enough. Um, so that, that's, my, that's my two cents, and I'm hoping that we can be able to get this win and it really kind of push the series out. Thanks, Josh. All, right. All right, Josh, thanks for the phone call. I ha- I- the curious thing is going to be what will the lineup look now depending on Emmanuel Quickly's availability in game four tomorrow night. If he can't go, what does Tibbs do? I mean, clearly McBride will get more playing time. He has to. Okay, he's got to. He's got to get more playing time. So he will in that scenario. I, I'm not I'm not adverse to putting him in. I, I think maybe he could do something with Vincent. I can't. I just think Tibbs doesn't want to go small. You don't want to go small on Butler. And that's really the reason why Josh Hart is starting. Because you want to try to keep Butler from getting started. So I think that that's the main reason why you want to get him going. Um, but once again, with no quickly, I, I don't know. You may need to keep Grimes on the bench. <laughs> you may need to because you're going to need some scoring. You need more scoring off that bench now. And I hear what you're saying about Josh Hart, what he does, and the, all the intangibles, the loose balls, all the other stuff that he brings to the table. But at this point, I think Tibbs is really married on him staying with, staying with Butler and trying to give him trying to be with him. You can't put Barrett on him. That's clear. You can't put Brunson on him. So who else does he have? Adams in Farmingdale. What's up, Adam? How's it going, Larry? Good. Um, so, you know, I, just, I want to start off by saying the Knicks have made themselves a very attractive destination for the offseason for big players. And I will say they have a great nucleus right now, but they're probably a piece or two off. Now, I think one area where they should address in this, over the summer is look for a, a good center who's on the market, you know, with big numbers. And as much as I know Giannis has said he eventually wants to leave Milwaukee, he's not free until 2026, you got guys like Nikola Vucevic from Chicago who like, has pretty big numbers. Um, I, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on them pursuing like a legitimate, real star, big man in the middle and how that could really impact them going forward and hopefully into the final series. Well, Adam, it's an interesting point. Thanks for the phone call. I will say that um, Tibbs is more Tibbs is more of a defensive guy. And Vulicic that you mentioned is a guy that's he's he's one of these centers that likes to shoot the three. And I don't know if that's what Tibbs wants to do. Okay. Uh, clearly, I agree with you. The Knicks are a couple of pieces away from being a sustainable runner in the, in, in, in this team, uh, in, in the conference. Um, they do need to upgrade. No question about that. But I don't know if it needs to be, I don't know if it needs to be at the center position. Okay. I think that, that what they have now with Robinson and, and Hardenstein is 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 comparable. My issue would be that 
they need a, a better a better three or four. Okay, where I guess Randall right now is your is your four. Um and Barrett, you know, I think they need a, a better three and D four. Now, once again, love Josh Hart, love what he brings to the table, but I think I need a guy with more size, a six eight, six nine wing that can defend and and, and score for me and hit the three. And then I can keep Randall in that low post area. I can have then it spreads the lane a little bit for Brunson to do what he needs to do. So that's what I'm kind of looking for, somebody of that nature, uh, uh, more so than the center. Because once again, in the offense, in the Knicks offense, the way it runs now, they don't really look to their center for scoring. They look to their center for rim protection, offensive rebounds. If you get some baskets off the offensive rebounds, lobs, we're good. That's, that's what we want. We've got our scores. Our primary scores are off the starters. Okay, once again, Brunson, Randall, Barrett. Those are our primary guys. All right, whatever else we get, it's gravy. Whatever else we get is fine. Then we go to our bench. Our primary scores off there would be Josh Hart if he was coming off the bench. Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, you know, that would be my Quentin Grimes, that, that's, that's where my points are coming from. So the, in, the, in neither scenario are there points coming from the center position. So that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm thinking about that would prohibit them uh, from doing that. So I'm not – I agree with you. They need upgrade. I'm not ready to move it into center position, though. That's not where I'm ready to go. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Um, just watching the game yesterday was – very pathetic. I was just very annoyed with how they played because I felt like they pretty much got their lunch taken and they got out physical and didn't really shoot well, well, well to begin with. And my concern is kind of the bench. Um, I'm not a big guy on Josh Hart needs to come off the bench yet because I just don't think Quinn Grimes is pretty much going to do much better against Jimmy Butler. And I'm more of a person that is just like the, the, uh, Emmanuel quickly kind of needs to step, step, step up and be that six-man candidate. He hasn't really been that. Like I, I heard of uh, um, someone say that he's kind of like being the nice man off the bench, and I couldn't agree more because – He's just been he's just been so inconsistent and not very well, and we need him to be that 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 scorer when the other guys are kind of having their off game, and that's something we expect in the playoffs. You're right, Jose. He's been he's been passive. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. He's been passive. He hasn't been the aggressive guy. He hasn't been the confident confident guy. He's been going side to side. His shot hasn't been falling. He can't get into the lane. He's put up the, yesterday. He put up some ill-advised threes and he just, you know, he, he's searching. He's searching. Part of it is defense, but the rest of it is just not, he, he's just not aggressive. He just, it's just not, he's not the same guy. Simple as that. It's not the same guy. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Tom Thibodeau said something yesterday that was so important and so true, but hard to do. And when you, when you find this comes from the conversation and the thought process of learning how to win and what it takes to learn how to win. And when you look at the great players 
Learning how to win translates in a word, trust. And Tibbs talked a lot about in the postgame, guys not trusting each other, guys not trusting that when they passed to somebody else, they would hit the shot. And so they would pass and they would pass and they would pass. And it was like, well, I'm not hot, I'll pass to him. Well, I'm not hot, I'll pass to him. And now you're putting up a shot with five seconds left on the clock, six seconds left on the clock. So that didn't help you either. Teams that know how to win put their players in the position where the players know where to go. Oh, here's my spot. Here's my other spot. Let me move over here. Let me go over there. And once again, part of the coaching adjustments, and I'm not saying that Tibbs doesn't have to make any adjustments because clearly he does, offensively and defensively, is to try to get guys in a different position so that the first thing he's got to do is do something where when Jalen comes into the lane, that it has to, the offense has got to move quicker so that they don't he doesn't have the chance to double team. Because when he gets into the lane and they're waiting, okay, you know the double's coming, so draw the double but move it out faster. And the bottom line is, like we all said, they got to hit shots. They got to hit shots. And they have to – and if the three is not working, can you, can you step inside the lane a little bit? <laughs> can, can you give me a top-of-the-key jumper instead of a three-pointer? I mean, you know, it's a little bit, little bit closer. Chance and Yonkers, what's up, Chan? All right, thank you for taking my call. You got uh, it. I just don't understand. Thank you. All the points you're making, it's very well taken. I just don't understand during the regular season that three-point shooting was much better than it has been in the playoffs. That's one point I don't understand, why all of a sudden we are just gone stone cold from back in the three-point, shooting from the three-point line. Also, I think they should start Grimes and save Josh for the bench. We, uh, we don't know where Cookley's going to go, if he's going to be playing. It would help if Deuce McBride played. And one more last point. I don't understand why Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson weren't playing towards the end of the, the game yesterday. And thank you for taking my call. Your thoughts. All right, Jan. Thanks for the phone call. I think that uh, he uh, Tibbs really wanted to go small. So he um, was trying to – well, I mean, Toppin did play. Toppin was on the – if I remember correctly now, Jan, Toppin was on the floor when they went uh, – they did go small. They went with Toppin, and they sat Robinson and Hartenstein. And so uh, they went with Toppin because I remember his block off somebody in the corner. And I think it was Struss. And so that's when they cut it to 14. And then (laughs) Jimmy Butler came in and sealed the deal. So he did go. He wanted to go small. That's why you didn't see Mitchell Robinson there. And by going small, they pulled Mitchell Robinson away from the basket. And you put him in a a, – where he's got to choose to defend situation. And that, that puts him, moves him away from the basket and they did not play well rotation-wise defensively, a couple of plays, where Miami just had open shots. So uh, I think they, they went small, so that's why he didn't play. Um, I hear you what you're saying about Grimes, but I just think that if, if you're saying you're starting Grimes, then, you, then are you saying that, okay, we're going we're gonna to let Butler get his and stop everybody else? Well, lo- listen, if you can stop everybody else, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, they wouldn't have won with just Jimmy Butler shooting the way he shot yesterday. I mean, he's 9-21. to 21. 
most of his shots came from the free throw line, most of his points. So, I mean, if that's what you're going to do, okay. But once again, defensively, is that going to help you? And if you're telling me, well, Larry, I'm not worried about defense. I'm worried about offense right now. Well, Grimes hasn't really been hitting his shot. Manny's in Flushing. What's up, Manny? Yeah, well, hey, what's up? What's up, Larry? Mr. Mr. Hardy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Look, I agree with Tiz, you know, thinking about, you know, they got to learn how to win because I just don't think the Knicks don't know how to win yet. I mean, even though they've been to – even though that this is the third year – this is their third season together, but they just haven't been on bigger stage. Miami has. I mean, you think about it, too. It's not that long ago. Three years ago, they were at the finals. And then last year, they were the Eastern Conference um, Eastern Conference finals. If if not for Jimmy Butler missed shot, he would have been in the finals twice in three years instead of making one in three years. But anyway, but at the end of the day, look, look the Miami, they're just too damn good. They just they know how to – they know when the buttons are being pushed. And I think, look, and I think the Knicks haven't really don't know how to react. And at some point, they need to because Monday, if they lose, uh, they they'll be in the Garden down one three because I mean, it's been a while since I mean, remember you recall back in '97, um, I was three. The Knicks were up three games to one, and then you know what happened after that? They lost four three. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I mean it could happen, but again, but if the Knicks want to. Want to put history on their side? They gotta be. They gotta be play better at Game Four on Monday. No question about it, Manny. Thanks for the phone call. They definitely do. They definitely do. And you're right. A lot of the players for the Knicks have not been at this stage. Jalen Brunson's been here. Um, you know, maybe a couple of other players, but a lot of most of the roster has not been to this stage of the postseason before. They haven't, and it's different. And just because, and what makes it tougher is. You're playing against an opponent who knows you. They know you. You play them a lot during the season. They're in your conference. They're in your division. You see them all the time, all the time. So it's tough. But on the other side of that, if they were going down, playing their game, Manny, and doing what they've done the way they've played for the, especially the latter part of the season, then that that's that's different. It's them going down, not really playing their game. And yes, part of that goes to what Miami's doing defensively and part of that goes to what Eric Spolster is doing and drawing up with his staff. But the other part of that is guys not rising up and, and playing the way they know they can play. And so, yeah, the little things, absolutely. When you haven't been there and I got to make this shot and it's the playoffs and the shot's a little tougher and the defense is better and all these all these things. That's what happens when you play a better opponent. But now the now the question becomes for this Nick team is okay, it's only a day off between games now. All right. So mentally, what are you doing to be ready for this next game tomorrow night? In as all of you have mentioned that have called, a game you have to have. You have to have this game. This is this is your game seven early in the series. Just is. You don't come back down one three. And once again, we don't know what's going on with quickly coming off the bench with that ankle injury. What's going to happen to the bench scoring, which has been really non-existent in this series? It was better in the first round, all right, a couple of games, 
But in this series, it's not been good. It's not been good. So how do they make that adjustment? What has to happen for them to feel better about what they're doing? What has to happen? How can they get better shots? How can they hit these shots? Okay, how? Yes, it's one game. No question about it. And we saw them bounce back in game two at the Garden. Didn't play great, but they played well enough to win. So that's the challenge for this team. All right? That's the challenge. They have to find a way defensively to be better and offensively to be more creative, to be able to pick up tempo, to be able to find an open guy who can hit a shot, to be able to drive in the lane a little bit and try to draw the defense and then just to an open shooter. How can they uh, get Jalen Brunson where we can get maybe Brunson on some pick on some pick and roll plays where he gets off the you get him off the ball, he gets you set up a pick for him and he gets a chance to shoot over an open shooter. Tom Thibodeau knows far more basketball than I do. I'll just give you a couple of ideas just from the games I've watched over the years and the things that I've experienced playing a little bit. Not nearly at the professional level. Okay, not nearly at the professional level. But there's ways to do it. And oh, by the way, as Shaquille O'Neal says, the others have to also help out. The others have to perform. The others have to hit the boards. The others have to do a bunch of different things. And just because the Knicks took, what, three or four from Miami during the regular season, this is different. This is different. 1-800-919-3776. We'll continue to take your phone calls. But when we return, we'll be joined by Jamie Harris of the Amsterdam News next on 98.7 ESPN.